well, there we were, 16 of us. 16 years old in a small music room. Sat around all watching, eyes on Mr. McCalman. Mr. McCalman was a, a fairly small but fierce South African music teacher. We loved him, he was a good teacher. But in that moment, he had the command of the whole room. He stood over a CD player with his finger over the play button. In that moment, we were to find out what the next 12 weeks would hold for us. In that moment, we were to find out our GCSE music performance piece. And on the CD player comes this tune. I'll give it a go. See if you, see if you can recognise it. I'll spare you any more. But anyone know the song? Stand by me, the the, uh, the singer, Benny King. There we go. And in that moment, it didn't really mean much to us. But as that song unfolded, as we came to hear the piece of music, we realised what the next twelve weeks would hold. Now, if you know the piece of music at all, you'll know that for me, as a drummer at the time, performing uh, for my GCSE music, it's quite a simple piece of music. The, the bass guitar, the melody, is fairly simple as a piece of music. But what really makes the music, what really didn't make it, as I tried to perform then, the voice. The voice of Benny King is quite something. Now, poor Ollie Thompson, 16 years old, a singer, still a singer to this day, actually struggled. Because whilst it's a simple piece of music, what really brings it to life is the voice of Benny King. And so as we had 12 weeks of listening to it over and over again, what became fixed in our memories was a, a, a fairly standard piece of music, but what we came to really love was the voice of Benny King. And actually, I, I really did come to love the voice of Benny King. I, I looked up where he was performing, what he was doing. If I could just get the chance to see him, live, hear him, listen to his voice that made this track so special, it became a bit of a dream for me. And then, on the 30th of April, 2014, just after my birthday, that dream took a huge turn. A dream that I had for some time, just after my birthday, the 30th of April 2014, Ben E. King died. Maybe you weren't expecting that. But you see, Benny King died, and so never again would Benny King stand before uh, an audience and display his voice. Never again would a crowd come together to listen to the voice of Benny King. Never again would it happen. Never again would I have the opportunity to hear him sing live in concert. You see, there's a finality about death. There he is. There is a finality about 
death, and it's uncomfortable, isn't it? I don't know the year you've had. I don't know what your experience of death has been in the last year, couple of years. I know that for many people it is very close to home. And I know that it is difficult. Because there is a finality about death. It's something that we must understand. It's something that sets the scene for our passage as we look at it this afternoon. Read with me from verse 11. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. Picture the scene. Jesus and his entourage enter this village, and death is present. Death is in the air. In fact, this woman, did you notice, already a widow, is walking her son out of the village in a beer, a coffin. Now, what we maybe overlook slightly in the culture is that for this woman to have lost her husband would have been to lose her kind of social security in that context. It would have been to lose her standing, if you like, in that social culture. It's uncomfortable for us to hear. But you see, as she lost him, actually that responsibility transferred to her son. Do you notice the son? The only son of his mother, verse 12. And who is it being marched out in a box? This only son. Do you see this woman, as she walks out, is right face to face with the finality of death. She's lost her husband, she's lost her only son. She is feeling the finality of death. See, it's in those moments, in those moments as you are looking at death face to face, as you're in touch with it, you, you take your lead from those closest to the action. It's a bit like the reverse of a wedding. I don't know um, when you were last at a wedding. I was at a wedding last week. I know some are at a wedding today. But when you're at a wedding, there's that moment, isn't there? When the, when the bride comes to the back of um, whatever the venue is, um, and the groom is still waiting, and all eyes are going like this, watching from one to the other, and you feed your experience of the interaction there. Because you watch what's going on, you watch the emotion, and those maybe slightly more emotionally involved uh, will shed a tear and get quite into the atmosphere. And you see, in that moment, it's emotional and you watch and you feed off what's going on because it's like the start of new life together as a married couple. Now, if you've ever been at a funeral, if you've ever been at a funeral, in fact, where you're not quite so close in on the action, it's not, it's not a funeral that you can think about nothing but grief, but you can be slightly removed. Maybe you're sat on the back row and you're watching what's going on. When you're sat at a funeral like that, you look in 
on the action. And you can't help but have your eyes drawn to the people closest to the deceased. And your experience, your emotion is drawn in by them. Do you see who's at the centre of this story in, in this moment? It's the woman, the woman closest to the action. We're to have our eyes drawn in to feel the emotion of the finality of death. This woman has come to experience it firsthand. She couldn't be any closer, first her husband, then her son. Death, there's a finality about death. It doesn't sit right with us. We don't like it. It doesn't feel right in this world. And the Bible tells us that death, it exists in this world as a consequence of sin. Rebellion. Death exists in our world because people have turned away from God. And ultimately, physical death is just a picture of, of the spiritual death that will come from rebellion against God and separation from him. But it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like it belongs here. And so Jesus walks in. And do you see what he does and he says? Verse 13, have a look down. Jesus has compassion. Read with me verse 13. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. See, when the Lord Jesus walked in and sees the emotion of death, he's not untouched by it, he doesn't overlook it, no, his heart went out to her. Jesus has real compassion in the face of death. So I wonder as you sit here this afternoon, as you think about death, so painful to many in the room, I'm sure. The Lord Jesus himself has compassion on us. He's unchanged. It's not just this woman that he has compassion on, but he has compassion on us as we live in a world that is drenched in death and the results of death. The Lord Jesus has compassion. But, but did you see what he says? Have a look down. Verse 13, when the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, Don't cry. Hang on, Jesus. Wouldn't that be like me standing at the back of a funeral of someone I don't really know, waltzing up to the front, sitting next to the grieving family members and saying, don't cry. It, hang on, Jesus, is he not just being insensitive? Has he not got this wrong? See, it's really difficult to say the right thing in the face of death, isn't it? I don't know if you watched the European Championships earlier on in the summer. I don't know if you remember a moment, probably the most significant moment of these championships. A picture that you might um, recognise. This is the moment. The death stared us straight in the face. Christian Eriksson collapsed. He had 
a cardiac arrest on the pitch. And there was this horrendous unfolding of events that you, you couldn't watch and you couldn't flick over. You couldn't listen and you couldn't listen to anything else. You were desperate to hear how and see how it unfolded, but you see, the BBC didn't quite know how to handle it. They were getting their coverage apparently in from someone else. The, the pundits didn't know what to say, because in that moment, what do you say? Everyone wants to know, but nobody wants to hear. And in that moment, it's impossible for us to say the right thing. Look, verse 13, as Jesus said the wrong thing, don't cry. Well, no. Jesus hasn't said the wrong thing because Jesus has compassion in the face of the finality of death, but he also has power. Jesus has power over death. Continue reading with me. Then he, Jesus, went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on. And the bearers stood still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Look, maybe if you've read this before, maybe if you've read uh, a similar account before, that's the least amazing thing. But, but don't escape the facts of what happened in this real account, in this real funeral, in real space and time, in real history. The Lord Jesus walked up to a grieving mother and her dead son. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. Because... In the face of grief, in the face of the, the finality of death, in the face of all of that, Jesus, he has real compassion, but he has ultimate power too. He walks in and he does something about it. And you see what the people notice about him, verse 16? They were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. Do you see what they say? God has come to help his people. This is what we see. That in the face of death, the, the biggest issue that we face as humans, this story, this account of what Jesus did in this one life shows us what Jesus came to do in the lives of many. Because in the face of the finality of death, the brutality, the, the most difficult thing that hangs over all of us, the statistic we can't get away from, in the face of that, the Lord Jesus has compassion on us. He came into the world to deal with death for us. You'll know he ended his life on the cross and his last words were, it is finished. And you see, it's not the finality of death that we've talked about there that he's talking about. He's saying, it is finished. I've dealt with death for you. And as he came back to life, crushing death, offering life to all those that would trust in him, the one who has power in the face of death, he offers us that same victory. 
that as we stare death face, face to face, as we approach it, we don't need to say, it is finished. But we can cling to the Lord Jesus and say, it's not over. Because Jesus, he has compassion on us. And if we trust in him and his victory, we can approach death with real confidence. I wonder as you think of death, as I asked you earlier what it is that comes to mind, whether it's the death of a, a close loved one, whether it's thinking of your own death and when that will come, whether it's trying to block it out as much as possible, whether it's uncomfortable, you don't want to talk or think about it. As we look at this passage, as you think about death, will you think of the Lord Jesus and his victory over death, his power over death for you? Will you cling to him as the one who has great compassion on you. Let me pray. Father, we confess that it is difficult for us to talk about death. It's difficult for us to think about death. And yet as we look at the Lord Jesus this afternoon, we praise you because you have had compassion on us. And the Lord Jesus' death is effective for us. And so we pray that you'd help us to cling to him and his work. That we would approach death, look at death, talk about death in light of Jesus' victory. And have confidence for ourselves. And Lord, that we might share that hope with others. Amen. Well, we're going to sing together, and we're going to sing uh, the word, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O grave, is your sting? As we praise God that we can approach death with confidence because of what the Lord Jesus has done. So if you could mask up, that would be great. You're welcome to stand, and we'll sing together.